0: to the NFL. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rookie Rundown. As always, I am your host, Dallas. You can find me on Twitter at Salad Galore. That is Dallas backwards with a galore following it. And guys, we are officially two weeks in To the NFL preseason Um, two-thirds the way there and the second week had quite a bit more of solidifying of my ideals when it comes to certain players Um, the guys that I needed to see more from in order for me to feel confident in my takes on them um, I either saw it or I didn't and they got a lot more playing time quite a few of the players that I was interested in. So that's something that you don't always get to see with this kind of uneven nature that we get with the preseason every year. Um, But as always in this preseason little uh, series that I'm doing week one, two and three, I'm going to go through my takes from every game specifically focusing on the rookies that I have of interest, as well as any situations that will affect rookies on said teams um, so without any further ado, I'm going to hop right in guys with the first match of last week being last Thursday's game of the new England Patriots versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, honestly, Devontae Smith was a little underwhelming. Um, it was his first action that we all got to actually see at him and he didn't do a lot for the team. Um, he was targeted a couple of times, um, only ended up netting. I think it was 12 yards total, uh, while he was on the field, um, but my entire takeaway from that is that he had Joe Flacco throwing in the ball. He did not have Jalen Hurts throwing in the ball. So um, it's just a situation where it's completely different. Um, it's good to see him out there and getting work. I'm extremely happy that he did not miss the entire preseason um, with the injury and that MCL um, partial strain slash tear that he was dealing with. So I'm excited to see if they're going to play him at all next week. And honestly, just to see some rapport that, Um, He's building apparently with Hertz in camp, play out on the field on Sunday soon. Um, Gainwell has been pretty forgettable overall for the Philadelphia Eagles, regardless of camp news. Um, Every time he touches the ball in a preseason action thus far, he has looked slow and basically has just gotten blown up behind the line every time. Um, I'm not seeing any of the intangibles that we basically saw. And even in the past game, he isn't getting the same amount of work that he should be. Being that scat back, pretty similar um, to Boston Scott. Um, On the other side of the ball, uh, Mac Jones is still looking sharp, but Cam Newton is looking equally as sharp. Um, People are talking about how good um, Mac Jones looked this last week, and no one's talking about the fact that before all this COVID misunderstanding or whatever this is with Cam Newton that happened, um, Cam Newton went eight for nine for almost 100 yards in literally just the first quarter. Uh he was extremely efficient, extremely adverse at uh, moving the ball up and down the field, and he looked good. So I really do think that it's going to take an injury or basically a complete breakdown of Cam Newton in order to get Mac Jones on the field. Um, Ramondre Stevenson is continuing to look good, but it's still against backups. Um, he is moving up the depth chart with the shipping off of Sony Michelle, and there's a lot of fluff pieces out there basically – pushing up Ramondre stevenson um if i have him i'm selling him uh personally that's just my take um and that's just due to the fact that he does what damian harris does and that role is already taken um if he was someone that was a better pass catcher and a more of a scat back i would be more excited to see him strip the work away from a guy like jj taylor or a guy like um James White but it isn't and that's something that should be a little bit concerning to everyone um it's okay to look at him late but I'm still not on the Ramondre Stevenson hype train like everyone else is just due to the fact that his role is pretty much already solidified with the guy in front of him uh, in Damian Harris going on to the next game we look at the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Arizona Cardinals Um, the only rookies really of note that we've talked about in the past were Noah Gray and Cornell Powell, and both of them are pretty much ghosts right now. Cornell Powell's a shot, a pretty solid shot to not even make the team at this rate. Um, he's not impressing in camp as much as he was in OTAs and he's getting very minimal, um, game action at all. Um, Byron Pringle, on the other hand, is pushing for that wide receiver two position ahead of Nicole Cartman. Um, according to Patrick Mahomes, he's becoming his favorite target, basically outside of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey that was put on display versus Arizona's number one defense as he was the highest targeted player on the team in the game, as well as the highest producing receiver from either team in the game, having a couple of nice 15 plus chunk yard plays to uh, total up to, I think it was like 60, 65, somewhere in that yardage. Um, On the other side of the ball, Rondell Moore is the real deal. Um, I was telling you guys my thoughts on him, and I was super excited with his usage, and that continued in this game, both on the rush ground and through the air. Um, Granted, he did not see any work really with Kyler Murray in this game, Um, but seeing them just continuously tool and try and get him work is something that's extremely exciting for his prospects in 2021. um, I see him as a Debo Samuel, basically clone, just a little bit smaller, and he's probably going to end up getting a little bit more work on the ground than a guy even like Debo Samuel did. So if he can lock down that um, slot role, which he seems to be pretty much doing based off of all accounts, it should be pretty exciting going forward. Uh, Looking at the Bengals and Washington game, you have – The talk of the town, Jamar Chase, basically looking rusty. Um, People are kind of starting to shit on him a little bit and not really fluff him up as the elite prospect that he was. But the thing that I've noticed the most after watching his tape from his first action is the fact that the one issue I had coming into the NFL with Jamar Chase was his ability to separate, not his hands. His contested catchability, and his focus drops were never anything I was even remotely concerned about. But what I'm seeing him do... Is both drop as well as separate like nobody's business. Um, he is creating a ton of space off of the routes that he was running, whether or not he was targeted or not targeted. And that is something that is extremely nice to see. The fact that he spent this offseason and that gap year of him opting out, spending all that time fine-tooling his skills to be able to separate from the DBs as opposed to working on that physical nature that we all know he innately has is something that I'm very excited about. Um, If you can get him at a dip, obviously I would be doing that. Um, But... I can tell you most people that have chase are not trying to sell them for cheap right now. So it's just kind of a hold situation, but I shouldn't, I'm not concerned and neither should you guys be. Um, Deami Brown's looking like Deshaun Jackson on the Washington side. Um, it's extremely exciting and someone who's starting to flash when I'm watching tape specifically on his route running is John Bates. He's the backup tight end. Um, extremely free extremely late stash at the tight end position in deep dynasty leagues that i would consider um logan thomas is up there in age and yes i know that they re-signed him to a nice three-year extension but um it's not like they're paying him gangbuster numbers at the tight end position and john bates has the athletic pro- t- profile out of boise state that i liked out of the draft and starting to see him flash a little bit is something that i'm kind of liking um, going to my lovable bears um versus the Bills. The Bears' offensive line is an issue. Um, It's been talked about a lot this offseason, and that was on full display um, multiple times, including the hit heard around the world from this weekend when Justin Fields got his absolute clock cleaned on that free rush from the outside linebacker. Um, If they don't show it up, I'm very concerned with the running game specifically. Um, They brought in Jason Peters, but he apparently is taking a little bit of time to get acclimated to the offense, so we could very easily see um, Warham, our fifth-round tackle out of Missouri, start at left tackle for us, which is not something I'm very optimistic about, but it might be our best situation. So just um, kind of temper your expectations for this offense out of the gate, specifically going up against a couple of very good front sevens in the Rams and in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, But if someone's going to break it out, and actually work with this shitty situation, I do think it's Justin Fields. Um, he's basically proven that he deserves the starting job. I just really think that they're trying to stop him from getting hurt going forward. Um, segueing to the other side of the ball, to the Buffalo Bills, I will kind of give myself a little IDP um, self-service over here, and the fact that I told you guys about the Bills DNs looking prolific in practice and being breakouts in IDP fashion, and... If this game, if you guys haven't watched it, you need to. Um, I understand that I just talked about how bad the offensive line looked, but a large portion of that for the Bears was due to the fact that the Bills' pass rushers look insane. Gregory Rousseau looks like a man with his hair on fire at all times, and if he gets consistent work, he could have been arguably the steal of any IDP rookie draft that you had this year. Segwaying into the Jets' Packers, this is kind of a fun one. Um, the Jets have looked pretty good on offense. Um, Elijah Moore, though, without playing, is losing quite a bit of ground of early work and rapport with um, Zach Wilson, and that should be a little bit concerning for any prospects in the first year for Elijah Moore. Um, I do think he is solely getting relegated to that, target number two or even three behind a guy like Crowder early just based off the rapport that they're building in camp and these preseason action games. Um, also, the system seems to be focusing heavily on the tight ends, and I know it's the cliche of a rookie quarterback focusing in on his tight ends, but that seems to be exactly what Zach Wilson is doing. doesn't matter who it is. That ragtag group seems to always be open, always be catching balls, and always be scoring touchdowns, so it's something that should be a little bit concerning for that over-the-middle work that you are are expecting from Elijah Moore, so I'm just hoping that he gets back into practice, into these games, and hopefully we see him even just a little bit in this third preseason game. Even if he's only out there for one drive, it would make me feel a little bit better about his prospects going forward, just knowing that he's healthy. Um, We finally had a Michael Carter sighting. He was pretty quiet in the first game when it came to his carries, kind of um, switching out all the backs, which is something that continued, but he was the leading rusher on both teams between the Packers and the Jets in this matchup. Um, came out with uh, over a five yards per carry average, didn't bust any super long runs. So that was just consistent chunk plays is basically what he was turning out. The entirety of him being in there, he did also see four targets, which is exciting to see because um, he wasn't targeted that much in the first game going on to the next game. um, This one is one of the most promising teams this year with one of the least promising teams, in my opinion, and that is the Miami dolphins versus the Atlanta Falcons. Um, we talk about it all the time in the prospect buildup when it comes to rookies, guys, in the offseason before drafts, before the NFL draft, even about how you're not supposed to double count stats. Um, I think that's kind of what's happening with Jalen Waddle after seeing him in this game, guys. It was up against a horrific defense, and everyone's talking about how fast he is and how the physical tools are just so insane, and people are starting to bump him up, basically um, in the rankings, even though we knew he was fast, we knew he was a game changer from the athletics metrics standpoint. Um, I'm just still concerned about how he's going to be used in this offense, the redundancy in his role already being there as well as the overall target share. Um, I just, I, I've said it before, I think the ceiling is more realistic like a T.Y. Hilton than anything, and I could very easily see him falling into the same kind of vein as a um, Hollywood Brown in Baltimore if it's not careful. So just, again, hold off specifically for 2021. I think it's just a very tricky situation trying to get him the targets that people are wanting to based off of ADP. Um, also with the Dolphins, the backfield's a mess. I have no idea what to deal with. With that, uh, Jared Dokes is looking like he's not going to make the team based off of how he's performing, and the remaining three backs on there in Ahmed, Brown, and uh, Gaskin all seem to be splitting work pretty evenly, so I think that's something that's going to be continuing. On the Falcon side of the ball, Uh, the first team better be healthy this season and better be good without all this preseason mashups, because what we're seeing from the offense on the Falcons from everyone other than the first stringers is absolutely atrocious. They have absolutely no, um, depth whatsoever on this team. And that's concerning. Uh, another depth move that was a direct shot across, uh, my starboard bow was the release of Javon Hawkins, um, Not a lot of reports coming out of camp about him other than his game-breaking ability. Um, I think this was more of a move based off of the draft capital they expended on him. And the fact that they lost their backup quarterback to a torn ACL to where basically they were just like, we got to cut it from somewhere. We've got six running backs on the roster right now. And you're the only one we haven't extended any type of significant money and or draft capital towards. So sorry, bud. Um, I'm very curious to see where he picks up. He will pick up on somebody's um, roster, most likely a practice squad coming in. Um, I'm not giving up hope just because the talent's there. Uh, but it is, uh, something I'm eating crow about and taking on the chin, going on to the Ravens Panthers game. Um, Bateman's making progress. He's back in, uh, practice, which is something that's exciting and he should be playing next week. So I'm excited to see what that entails. Um, even again, same thing as a guy like Elijah Moore, if I can just see him for one series, I'll be happy just to know that he's back in a loop, um, Once again, something I'm crying internally about is Chuba Hubbard is still looking like an absolute race car mixed with a tank, and the fact that he's stuck behind Christian McCaffrey is just super, super saddening to me. Um, Another guy who's absolutely balling out for the Panthers is Mr. Terrace Marshall. Second week in a row, he had the highest target share, the highest receiving share, and the highest receiving yardage share on the team for the Panthers. Um, He's continuing to show out with any quarterback that he is with, but specifically with Sam Darnold. Um, his chunk plays are immense and he is both mossing people and getting open, which is awesome to see from a true alpha. People are concerned about the fact that, um, Robbie Anderson just resigned for two years in there and all, but guaranteed him with $20 million guaranteed for the next two years. Um, but what that tells me is that I realistically don't think that this coaching staff likes DJ Moore as much as everyone in the fantasy community does. Um, It's the time where they're going to have to pick up a fifth-year option here coming up. Um, They have to make that decision pretty close. Uh, They basically switched him into a deep role, which he's not really meant to be doing. They gave Robbie Anderson his role, (laughs) that ideal ex-receiver all over the field matchup nightmare, and have turned him into that. So that just tells me that I think that deep role now is going to be taken over buy a guy like Terrace Marshall and then you're going to be seeing a lot more of DJ Moore in the slot um, that might be good for fantasy, but realistically I just don't think that they're going to be giving him the money over the next year or so that some of us are expecting him to get uh, in Carolina I there's just something in the pit of my stomach telling me that that's the reason that they brought in and re-signed Robbie Anderson is that they didn't like DJ Moore that much as well as drafting Terrace Marshall and uh, ultimately to replace him on the outside Uh, The next game in the rundown is the Lions versus the Steelers. Um, Najee Harris is just ridiculous, guys. That 40-yard reception was absurd in the last week. If you haven't seen it, go and look it up. Um, Puts on the Jets, moves absolutely so silky smooth, which is just my favorite thing about it for a big guy, and I'm really excited to see him on the field. Um, On Raw St. St. Brown is extremely up and down, um, which is exactly what I said he was going to be. Um, it was going to be very inconsistent. It's going to be a very inconsistent offense, and I'm just really not banking on him. His targets aren't worth nearly as much as 100 plus targets would be on almost any other team in the league, um, just based off of the system that they're most likely going to be running. Um, I don't really know what Dan Campbell's going to be doing, so it's probably going to be a little ugly. And I am not buying in. Um, Fryermuth is still a fade for me this year. He continues to just be a blocker, not used in the passing game whatsoever. Um, so wheels up on Eric Ebron for this year. And I'm still I mean, if you can acquire Friermuth dirt cheap, do it. But odds are you're going to be able to do that probably three or four weeks into the season for almost nothing because someone's going to get really impatient unless it's someone that has them stashed on his taxi squad. Um, the next game in question is the Titans versus the Buccaneers um, on the Buck side. I talked about it last week and the same thing happened in this week's preseason game as well. Jalen Darden is a smash buy and stash for me. Um, realistically could be a starter next year based off of the moves that they're going to make on the offense. And it's just something that you guys should be doing right now. If you haven't already listened to me, um, he's electric and it's very exciting to watch him on the field. Um, more IDP love, the Titan side of the ball, their DBs are looking impressive as rookies. They are shutting people down on the outside in these preseason games. And I know it's even a vanilla offenses with vanilla defenses, um, but the fact that they're just sticking with pretty much everyone on a very consistent basis, haven't given up any huge touchdowns, huge plays or anything like that. Um, it's something I'm very excited to see. Um, as a reminder, that's Caleb Farley and Elijah Molden are those two guys. If they're still available on any of your IDP waiver wires, go and snag them because you need them. Uh, going to the most surprising team in the preseason is the Houston Texans. They keep sneaking away with wins in these preseason games, which uh, according to John Harbaugh, it does matter. Um, but... Yeah, the Texans continue to win. Um, Nico Collins continues to flash. He's dealing with a slight um, hamstring injury right now, but it's not something that's keeping him out. He's actually playing through it, and he's just kind of a day-to-day light practice. Then he'll go full practice. They're just kind of letting him rest, um, which is nice. I'm excited that he's getting the work and that he's getting... Um, On more Texans news, um, Deshaun Watson, the news with that is still very dumbfounding to me. I don't really understand what's going on. I'm not going to beat it with a dead horse, but I just will reiterate the fact that I think he's going to play in Houston at some point this year, guys. Um, I think it's a very strong possibility, and I think he's going to be playing this year. Um, So I'm very excited that I was able to pick him up in one of my leagues this year. Um, With the uneasy situation, it's just... It's weird, and I want, and I, just, I need need answers, basically. <laughs> this is uh, what my rant is on this one, but that's basically all from them. Um, more IDP love, uh, Jabril Cox, man, he's my guy. Uh, I talked about it with Kyle on the FF SmackDown earlier this week. Um, if you didn't listen to me last week, you're probably not going to be able to get Jabriel Cox now after the last game that he had. Um, it has bas- basically become official that uh, Leighton Van Esch and Jalen Smith are now the backups Uh, behind the rotation of Jabril Cox, Keanu Neal, and Micah Parsons. And if any of the guys in front of him or behind him go down, you're looking at a constant, steady linebacker production on a arguably bad defense, which is what I look for for linebackers, because you're not going to be getting the sack totals, but you're going to be getting the massive target totals if you are a athletic linebacker who's in coverage which means you're getting a shit ton of tackles and something that, that is just basically the baseline for any idp player in most formats transitioning to the next game, the colts versus the vikings the only person on either team that seems to be getting the hype um, as memphis pointed out to a lot of you today as i'm recording on thursday um, kylan granson at tight end should make this room A little bit enticing, but for me, extremely infuriating to try and predict and play with. Even if he is a high passing volume type of guy, um, it's just going to be so spread out there. I know that we like to say that um, Carson Wentz likes the tight end, which is a fact, But under Reich, we also know that it just is never one tight end. It's constantly split. Everyone fills a role. Everyone is going to basically slide into that role. And you're just going to be seeing ugly target shares between the three of Mac Attack, Mo'Ally Cox, Jack Doyle, the old man, and Kyle Granson. Um, I think Kyle Granson basically jumps directly into that role that we saw from Trey Burton. Um, last year when healthy and uh, yes it is a red zone role but it is also a minimal role and very basically one that's very hard to predict on to the next game we are looking at the Raiders versus the Rams Um, I talked about them last week and the same thing happened this week which it went extremely under the radar for some reason and no one is talking about it so I'm going to be the person to tell you again Uh, If you have not already tried to either make a trade or pick up off the waiver wire cheap, if he is still there, Mr. Tutu Atwell. The dude saw 13 targets in this last week's game. That means he is averaging 11 targets a game between the first two preseasons. They are using this preseason period to basically figure out how they want to use him the best. These Thule plays are all over the place in Sean McVay's offense. It's just because they haven't had that true burner since Brandon Cooks has left. They've been spreading those Thule plays out among the different wide receivers, regardless of whether or not they are the best person to be filling those roles. So having a guy like Tutu on the field and hopefully healthy is something that is extremely enticing in a Sean McVay offense. Um, I wanted to see the usage. I told you that's what I was waiting for. They went up from the initial rehearsal and literally went with thirteen targets, which it should just be enticing to anyone and should be eye opening to anyone looking at just the box score. Um most of those were with the first team and the second team. So that is something that you can put another check mark next to. And again, you need to be picking up two two if you have not already. Um just a little side note as well. Um Jacob Harris is bad. I don't like him. So don't pick up Jacob Harris Uh, on the next game, the Broncos versus the Seattle Seahawks. Um, The news just broke two days ago, guys, but Teddy Bridgewater has officially won the job for the Denver Broncos. And I think that means extreme efficiency for this offense. This could be a dangerous contender in the actual NFL and a pretty steady producer in a very similar vein to the Carolina wide receiver core and tight end core that we saw last year under Teddy Bridgewater. The weapons are arguably better in Denver this year. The offensive line is arguably better. The running back situation is better with the fact that Christian McCaffrey was down last year. So having the dual headed monster of Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams on top of this line and a, in my opinion, arguably the one of the most dangerous defenses in the entire league, with Fangio at the helm in the Denver Broncos. You're looking at all the wide receivers in Denver, basically getting that uptick for me outside of KJ Hamler. But I wasn't banking on him, anyways. Um, Javante still looks good, but like I said, Gordon is go, uh, isn't going anywhere. So don't bank on early season production. I'm doubling down on that, and then I'm still waiting on an Eskridge sighting. Um, these two games back to back that I'm about to talk about will have two guys in it that we know nothing about. There's been no reports because they've been hurt or they've been just basically unimpressing, and I just need to see something before I believe it. Um, I wasn't high on Eskridge before the draft. I wasn't high after, and I am not high now. I have him in one league, and that was the last pick I had in the fourth round, so that was a flyer. Cool if he hits. Um, just wouldn't bank on the guys. I, I just. Can't support it. I just see another David Moore prospect in Seattle. Um, on to the next game: the New York Giants at the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the Cleveland Browns snuck this one out seventeen thirteen. If you look at the box score, it doesn't look like a very exciting game. Um, but the two things I just again take from this game is the fact that I want to know if Kadarius Tony is even alive. I haven't seen a Giants like report or video on Instagram of him at all over the last couple weeks. And that's something that we were seeing earlier in the preseason. So that's a little concerning to me. And then um, DPJ Donovan Peoples Jones is still the man deep guys. He's that third option in that pass attack specifically on the outside for the Cleveland Browns and anyone that had hype or hope for a guy like Anthony short should be concerned with the targets that he's going to see Um, I need a complete shakeup in this wide receiver core over the next year, specifically next offseason, in order for me to even sniff out any interest in a guy like Schwartz. Um, Arguably, the two most exciting games that we saw of the weekend, um, this preseason week two, are the San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Chargers. Again, box scores don't look great, but this was the first action that we saw from a guy like Trey Lance um trey lance looked good and he looked bad he looks extremely volatile and he looks like a rookie um, as do most of the quarterbacks in this class based off of this preseason action that we've seen but i just can't get away when it comes to arm zip right now he has had specifically both of the touchdowns he had in this game the dude if you blinked you missed the ball it was on a rope straight rocket from his hand Um, absolutely insane. The Travis Benjamin Benjamin one specifically, I lost track of the ball. It was just kind of in his hands, um, which is just awesome to see. It's a dynamic to the game that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't bring. It's something that should be extremely exciting for any of the deeper threat targets, i.e. Brandon, Ayuk specifically, but, um, with that kind of gunslinger mentality comes a lack of control that I kind of saw. Um, there's just inconsistency. It's the same thing we saw on his tape guys. Um, I don't think that he's going to be a turnover machine, but I would expect an uptick in what we're expecting from a normal turnovers when he does take the field for a Shanahan offense. And I do think that it helps the overall offense with his rushing ability, but that's actually something we did not see on display. Um, Josh Palmer is putting in his bid for that uh, third wide receiver spot on the team. Um, I'm still leading Tyron Johnson just based off a snap share. He's still out snapping Josh Palmer, regardless of what the targets say. Um, And again, all the practice reports are still talking about Tyron Johnson, not really Josh Palmer. So um, this is probably the the player that me and Memphis uh, disagree with (laughs) the most out of this rookie class. So I'm kind of excited to see how this all pans out. For the Chargers this year and specifically next year when inevitably they let Mike Williams go. Um, but this is just a guy to keep your eye on. Um, if you're a firm believer or for some reason you're a Tennessee fan out there, then kudos. I'm glad you got a guy that you like to watch. Um, but for me, I just still think that dyna- uh, dynamism, I think is the word I'm looking for here, uh, the dynamism is with a guy in Tyron Johnson, not in a guy like Josh Palmer. And then going into the last game of the week we got the most exciting action of the week um we now have a solidified quarterback in new orleans and it is Jameis winston and everyone with any piece in that saints offense should be extremely excited unless you're the guy that was banking on Taysom hill for your qb2 and a super flex i'm sorry um you arguably will probably have a very nice tight end uh, for your rosters going forward this year um but for right now it's Jameis time and his matchup with Marcus Calloway and specifically with Lil Jordan Humphreys. Um, those two wide receivers are the bigger body guys on the outside that I think are going to see quite a few targets from a guy like Jameis. Who's not afraid to toss it up. Um, Marcus Calloway, if you didn't buy him before this weekend is pretty much unattainable based off of that five for five, 104 with two touchdowns that he did put up, um, straight up wide receiver one numbers. Um, Again, against the Jags defense, so I'm not super excited about it. Um, I'm more excited to see that Jameis won the job, right? Um, In other news, we saw Travis Etienne go down with an injury that ended up sidelining him for the entire season now with that Liz Frank injury. um, For me, that just skyrockets the value for Levis all Any doubts we had about anyone that was going to be filling that jet role? is now gone. You have a guy who should have seen a healthy target share in general at the wide receiver position, now seeing more rushing work, now seeing more inside slot work than anyone else on the team is going to see. With Marvin Jones now nursing a shoulder injury, it's something that's even more exciting as well. Um, We should see Chanel early and often. So as a year two guy and my guy from last year, I'm excited to see what he does year two with an extremely accurate quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Um, The last one I wanted to touch on um, was a guy that I told you I was intrigued about last week. Um, We're getting reports that Tony Jones Jr., the undrafted free agent from last year, um, he's the RB2 now behind Kamara. Uh, He has usurped on the depth chart and in the normal rotation and rep role Latavius Murray. And he's looked good guys. He continues to get work in the passing and in the rushing game. He's running physical and hard and he's getting those chunk plays. He's running with a different tenacity than we see with a guy like Alvin Kamara. And that's exactly what you want. Um, I think that we're basically just seeing a, a transition of the guard from Latavius Murray to Tony Jones Jr. And so if you listened to me last week, we're able to pick him up for free. Awesome. If you haven't, um, strong chance you might not be able to pick him up right now. He's gone in almost every single league um, that I looked today, specifically before recording the podcast. I did pick him up on the waivers early last week after I saw him just as a grab. and was able to get him actually today as a last-ditch and um, free agent acquisition budget but uh, he was not available in the other five leagues that I looked at. So it's something that if you did not get him early, you might not be able to get him now. Um, So that's what I'm here for those little nuggets. I'm excited to see that he's getting more work and that camp report of him actually getting that running back to role primarily throughout camp now is extremely enticing. So it was a quick one guys, 30 minutes pretty much on the dot here going over nothing but this week's action. Um, The, Things shocking to no one that I'm most excited to see. I'm actually going to be at the Kansas City Chiefs versus Minnesota Vikings game tomorrow night at 7. So uh, keep your eyes peeled out in the nosebleed section. I will be wrapping a nice gray Chiefs shirt um, because why not? Uh, we'll have a whole party. I'll probably be a little bit overserved. It'll be a good time for everyone. I'm very excited to see the usage specifically of the wide receivers and the backup running backs. On the team. This isn't rookie specific content, but all reports out there and what we've seen the preseason is that Jarek McKinnon for the Chiefs has looked basically like the best running back out there. If he solidifies that RB2 role behind a guy like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, it's something that is extremely exciting for this offense overall. So, as a Chiefs fan, I'm excited to see it um, because you'll get some dynamism. Again, I don't know if that word's correct, guys. I'm just going to keep rolling with it tonight. that you don't get from the other backs. Darrell Williams is a hammer and yes, he's a good pass catcher, but he's not an elite pass catcher. Like a guy like McKinnon and all the reports are saying that he is balling out. Um, The second exciting thing is that there was already named a full half, the first half with Justin Fields. So if I can see like literally four snaps on the field in this week's bears game with, Just give me Cole Komet and Justin Fields, and I will be happy as a Bears fan. I'm excited to see what he does against that first-place defense. Um, They're going to be playing the Tennessee Titans. He's going to see a lot of pass rush early. Everyone's just kind of been throwing it at him to see what he can do, and he's been thriving, so I'm excited about that. And then, um, ultimately, when I'm looking at the last thing that I want to see to solidify any of my takes – I want to see what Jarrett Patterson does in this last week against the Baltimore front seven. If he is able to put up any type of consistent yard per carry or continue this red zone work that he's getting, Antonio Gibson owners need to be concerned because I can tell you right now he's going to be basically firmly as that RB2 on that team ahead of a guy like McKissick. He's showing the pass catching chops. He's showing the yards per carries. He's showing the stats. He's showing the physicality um, that we were a little bit concerned about based off of his size and athletic matrix when he was weighing in at like the combine and stuff like that this year but something that we saw very heavily in buffalo on his tape um he's showing it all in the preseason if they for some reason are stupid enough to let him go he's going to get swooped up by a team and he's going to be a starter at some point in the next couple of years um i'm pretty much ready to bank on that at this point. Um, it's very hot taking. I understand that, but if he has a good show against this Baltimore front seven specifically and getting usage in that first quarter, you guys need to take note. If you have Gibson um, and redraft, I would consider taking him as, or not taking him cause I'm not a big hand cover, but at least keeping your eye on it. Um, and if there's any type of usage snap that starts going his way, I would be picking him up this year. Um, He's one of those sneaky late-round guys that I think might have some viable run and I think has the potential, arguably, to have more first-year production in that offense Um, just with that weird coaching staff and inability to give work to a guy like Antonio Gibson that he deserves, um, to see more work than even a guy like Ramondre Stevenson does just because of the things he does a little bit different than the lead back that's in front of him um but that's it guys short and sweet tonight sorry you had to wait a couple extra days to hear my lovely voice but i am signing off until next week everyone enjoy the games and this has been the rookie rundown when we add up all those inches that's gonna make the fucking difference between winning and losing